Hello and welcome to another international edition of Nightlight. Recently, we've had five different Bible teachers visiting us here in Uganda. There was Melvin coming for his seventh mission trip, and there also was Udai from India, John Patrick from the USA, both coming for the second time. Then came Mordi from Spain and Mark McMillan also from the US. And they all had a wonderful time Bible teaching in small churches and groups around the country. And of course, I made sure I recorded some of those classes for Nightlight and you'll be hearing them on upcoming shows. But first up is Melvin, who I invited into the Nightlight studio to share with you a great class that he taught at our weekly fellowship. Great to have you with us back again, Melvin. Nightlight's interview of the week. You know, I'm so thankful to be back here. This is my seventh trip. I only have like two months, so I've already expired that two months. And I've been teaching in a lot of different places, even new places that I've never taught before. The Lord has been, uh, you know, opening doors so that uh, many people's uh, minds are getting renewed through the Word of God. And that is one of the exciting things. And also for me to see the people that I've taught in the last, in the previous classes and previous trips are now actually, you know, blossoming and they're going out and teaching themselves uh, in, uh, you know, and training other people. So for me, that is like a, you know... Uh, dream come true to see people, you know, stepping out and, you know, uh, teaching classes. So, yes, I'm really excited. And uh, I think this uh, class that I'm going to share with you is called um, Evil and a Good Report. And sometimes we might be thinking that, oh, an evil report means, you know, a report about something really, really bad or something demonic or devilish. But the Bible is, uh, I mean, it's very clear what evil report is and what a good report is and how good report brings the blessings of God to manifest in our lives. And an evil report sometimes keeps us away from the promised land. And so we're going to go to Numbers uh, 13 today to study on this uh, particular subject. And uh, the background, uh, Simon, we all know the Jews, the Israelites were um, uh, slaves mm-hmm. in Egypt. For a very very long time and they've been praying and asking God to please deliver us and give us our own land and give them the freedom uh, so God raised up Moses and through Moses he did so many miracles you know to release and to bring these uh, Jews that were in bondage and so God had planned for them to have a beautiful land uh, where they didn't have to build houses. They could be living in houses that was already built and eat fruits that they have not planted. And so God had a good plan for them. And of course, this was a physical rest because the Israelites, uh, they were under bondage physically uh, and they were making bricks for the pharaohs. And so it was very tough uh, on a physical level. So now God was going to give them a land where they could be physically rested. And so that's the background of Numbers uh, uh, 13. So Simon, you want to read uh, verse 1 and 2. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that we may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall he send a man, every one a ruler among them. Okay, so... God told Moses, of course, now they come close to the promised land. And so God was telling Moses to choose one leader from every tribe and actually a ruler from every tribe. So these are not people that were just from nobody. Like they were people that God wanted Moses to pick was like leaders and rulers. So, you know, sometimes we think, oh, the spies were just normal people that just went over. But these guys, they knew, they knew God. They knew what God had done through Moses. And so they were leaders. So God chose 10 of them. And of course, you know, we have Joshua and Caleb. And so God asked them to ask Moses to send them to the promised land to spy out. Now, this is amazing because God already knew what the land is and he knew who lived there. But he wanted those spies to go and see what kind of a report they would bring back. Simon, you want to read the next one? And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. Okay, so the Bible is again emphasizing that these were heads and not just, you know, servants or normal people. And so they went into the land and they spied out the land for 40 days, just like Moses had told them to do. And then they came back and they had a little report. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, 
get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land what it is and the people that dwelleth therein whether they be strong or weak few or many and what the land is that they dwell in whether it be good or bad and what cities there be that they dwell in whether in tents or in stronghold and so Simon they went ahead and they spied the land and they came back and they came back actually starting off with a good report and how the land is working so and they came unto the brook of Eshkol and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes and they bear it between two upon a staff and they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs okay so they spied out not only spied out but they also brought the fruit of the land and of course we know these grapes they were huge uh, the clusters so that two men had to carry it so so far they've been bringing back the truth about the land after 40 days the bible says they returned back and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel onto the wilderness of Pharaoh, Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children yes. of Anak. They came back and said the land is flowing with milk and honey. And of course, you know, I believe it's a phrase that says the you know the land is fertile and the cattle and everything is you know is good. And so they really believe that okay, God is gonna take them to the promised land. And the land that God brought them to is flowing with milk and honey. But nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. So even though whatever they saw, the land was beautiful and, you know, it's fertile, but they started bringing about a report and saying that, oh, the children of Anak, the giants live there, and the, wall, you know, the cities are walled. And so basically what they were saying is that, okay, God brought us to this land, but we are not sure whether we'll be able to conquer these people. And so the, the Bible says that, you know, they were bringing in an evil report. Now, what is an evil report? It's not in the report that is, you know, these people were lying. These people that came back, the spies, they brought back the truth according to the natural realm. That means they saw the giant, they saw the wall, they saw these people that are living there, but they did not walk by faith, but they walked by sight. They were going by what they saw and not by what God had promised them. So sometimes, Simon, many times in our lives, that's what you know we are faced with. We are faced with the natural truth, the truth that is in the world, whether it is a financial problem, a health problem, or a relationship problem, or whatever problem that we have, we you know we tend to look at it by sight. Now the word sight is not just eyes, it's also our different senses, our feelings and how our carnal mind operates. So these, you know, spies, they were rulers, and God chose rulers for a purpose because that shows that the rest of the tribe is going to, you know, go according to the leader's opinion. Mm -hmm. And so these spies came back and they spoke the truth. They did not lie. They did not say, oh, you know, there are giants there, but there were no giants. They spoke the truth, but it is, there's two truths, Simon. One is the truth that is in the physical realm or in the physical world that we all face. And then there is the truth, and that is God's word. So it's up to us who, what we're going to choose. And according to what we choose is what we're going to experience. Okay, so Simon, uh, could you please read uh, verse 30? Verse 30, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. And so Caleb uh, said exactly the opposite of what the other spies were saying. The other spies were focusing on the giants and the walls and how strong these people are. But Caleb was focusing on, on the promises of God. And so he tried to still the people and say, hey, wait a minute, we can go up right now and we can claim that land because God has already promised it to us. And so Caleb spoke up with a good report, but by now... You know, the millions of Jews, they, they have been hearing these spies speak a report that was contrary to the report that God had promised them. And so Caleb, you know, was 
speaking by faith and when he was in the land of Canaan he was seeing things in faith that means he was going according to the promise of God and he was not allowing the circumstances you know to cloud his judgment and his decision but the people went on but the men the that went up with him said we're not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we and they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel saying the land through which we've gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature and there we saw the giants the son of Anak which come of the giants and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers and so we were in their sight okay so we can see what happens when we walk by sight all they could see was the obstacles the problems and the impossibilities whereas Caleb he saw the possibility because he believed that God had delivered them from all these uh, obstacles in Egypt and brought them to the promised land so this was nothing but the spies had already spread this and they were looking at oh these giants and we were like grasshoppers in their sight and so we were in our own sight now see that's amazing because now they don't even know what the giants were thinking about them but in their mind they're already like oh we are grasshoppers and so the god factor was moved out of the picture so their minds were going totally by you know carnal reasoning and nothing to do with faith now the bible says faith is the evidence of things uh, not seen and so even though they have not seen that god was going to deliver them from these giants their carnal mind switched into gear and now they forgot all the miracles that God had done to bring them. I mean, they parted the Red Sea that had never happened before, you know, in the history, you know, from their time. And so they should have been jumping up and down and saying, hey, let's go, just like Caleb. And again, you know, these are rulers. So they are supposed to be the examples of faith and, you know, trusting in God's promises. But these guys, they're turning around and they turn the whole congregation uh, into an evil report. Now, the, the thing I want to emphasize, Simon, is that an evil report is a report that is not lined up with the promise of God. Anything that's not lined up with the promise of God is an evil report. But a good report is a report that, in spite of the circumstances, believes what God's Word says and, and says, okay, I'm going to stand on this because God promised it. Now, in the New Testament, we have you know, so many promises that Christ has given us. And the Bible says all his promises in him are an yes or a yea. That basically means that you can take any promise in the New Testament and it is an yes to you if you believe it. But if you go by the, the circumstances, then it becomes an evil report. And we can see in the next chapter how, you know, this uh, evil report caused these millions of Jews to wander around in the wilderness. And, you know, a good report always helps us to move into the blessings that God has already given us. That basically means a manifestation of the blessings we'll be able to partake. And see, God had a little test waiting for them. And so the test was that, are they going to walk by faith or are they going to walk by sight? And sad to say, these guys, they started walking by sight and they allowed the sight to bring fear into them and through their words, Fear went into all the congregation. Till the spies came back, the Jews were uh, uh, full of hope. They had so much hope that, oh wow, finally we are going to the promised land. But these 10 spies, they brought back an evil report, which is against the promise of God. And now these people, they were all carnal. They forgot what God had did. I mean, they should have gotten up like Caleb and said, guys, it doesn't matter because God brought us through all this. We are going to you know inherit this promised land but that's what happens uh, Simon with uh, churches is if the pastor you know is not you know walking by faith but is walking by sight then the congregation will also walk by sight and not by faith and that's what I find in many of the churches I go to is that a lot of the people their mind is not renewed to walk in faith you know, and so they struggle with everything in, our, in life. We all have the same problems or the same kind of problems. But when we move into the realm of the promises of God, we move into the realm of possibilities and not impossibilities. So Simon, let's read uh, uh, Numbers uh, chapter 14, the first two 
And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we died in the land of Egypt, or would God that we died in this wilderness? I mean, this is this is so typical and amazing how, you know, you progress from fear, you know, into unbelief, and then from unbelief, you're going to start blaming, you know, God or your leaders and can you imagine God delivered them after many, you know, I don't know how many hundreds of years they've been praying for and God delivered them. And now they're at the brink of moving into the promised land. And now because of the fear and the unbelief, they're going backwards. And now they're saying, oh, it's better we go back to Egypt into bondage. <laughs> and or it is God that, you know, we die in the wilderness. Simon, our words are so, so important because if the words that we speak in fear manifest or the words that we speak in faith also manifest. Mm -hmm. So just like faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, fear comes by hearing and, you know, that fear gets us into unbelief and then we forget what God has already done for us and all of his promises. The Jewish people... They listened to those ten spies that brought in an evil report. And just like I was talking, you know, just if the pastor is not staying in faith and walking by faith, then the congregation will not go above him unless somebody there is studying the word and then they want to rise up and go on a different level. So these uh, Jews, they now wants to go back to Egypt and, you know, or if that doesn't happen, they're like, okay, why don't we just die in this wilderness? Why doesn't God just kill us? I mean, that's how stupid we are sometimes when we, you know, when we walk by sight, we get into all kinds of trouble. And even the promises that are just waiting to be fulfilled in our lives, we wander in the wilderness for some time before we reach that place because we are not entering by, by faith, but we are, you know, in unbelief. So God can stand our sins. You know, he can, you know, Jesus took care of our sins. He's not so much worried that we're going to sin because he knows we're going to make mistakes. But what he can't handle is unbelief. Because unbelief is saying, God, we don't believe that you can fulfill your promise. We don't believe that this time you're going to come through. And see, those are unbelief. And that's exactly what these guys had. You're right. It's nightlight. So let's read... Uh, Verse 4, Simon, and 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation and of the children of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. I mean, it's amazing how, you know, uh, when we are in fear, uh, words that's going to come out of our mouth are also going to be fearful. And uh, we are going to look at the impossibilities. But Caleb here, he's looking and he's speaking faith. See, whatever is in our heart and in our mind, that is what's going to come out of our mouth. Caleb believed the promises of God. And so he's speaking. He's saying, no, let us go. And God delights in us. He will give us this land. Only do not fear who are living in the land of uh, Canaan, you know, those giants. We are much able to go and conquer them. And he's saying now they're going to become bread to us. Remember the chapter before that, the 10 spies, they were saying that the giants eat the inhabitants of the land. And so now Caleb is saying, no, no, they are going to become bread to us. See, the thing is, you know, if we, if we say we have faith, but the words that we speak is not lined up with faith or with the promise of God, then we, we don't have faith. Because the words that come out of our mouth tells us, okay, what, what we believe. Mm. And all of these Jews, they were like, no, let's stone Aaron and Moses <laughs> and let's kill them and let's choose a captain to go back to Egypt. Can you imagine that they already had leaders? They had Moses, they had Caleb, but now they want to choose a captain. Who do you think that captain is going to be? 
the captain is going to be someone that murmurs the most or who who's living in unbelief so they want to you know choose somebody else and go back you know the bible says things that happened in the old testament are like examples to us it's not that we live by the old testament standards but we can take an example from that and then we can apply it as uh, born again christians you know uh, who we are in Christ and for me this really changed my life Simon because I did bring in a lot of evil report you know uh, with my mouth you know in the previous years where I didn't really know about this and now the Lord revealed that to me and so for me now I'm, I'm very careful what is the report that I'm speaking even sometimes when you know uh, I feel a bit sick or something attacks me or I have a pain or something I want to speak the promise of God first by his stripes I am healed and then you know if somebody prays for me or I pray for myself but I want to I want to talk the good report and not the evil report now because I do know that the good report you know brings you into the promised land in the sense like into the fulfillment of God's promises and an evil report can make you wander you know for many days in the you know in the wilderness of our mind which is basically a, you know a field of unbelief and so i mean thank god that uh, you know Caleb jumped up and he you know he spoke you know the good report but the congregation did not receive it but all the congregation bade stone them with stones and the glory of the lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of israel and the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs that I've showed among them? I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them and will make of thee a great nation and mightier than they. Yeah, so, you know, the Lord was, you know, he was quite angry in this, you know, at this time because, you know, in spite of everything he did to deliver them from Egypt, now they're murmuring and complaining and they want to stone Moses and Aaron and so God is saying I'm going to disinherit them you know they're not going to be my people and he's telling Moses don't worry about it I will raise up a new people for you that you can lead but we know the story that Moses you know uh, mentioned to God that look if you do that then the Egyptians will think that you brought them out of Egypt to kill them here so please let's not do that and so God listened to Moses and he said okay I will not kill them but at the same time they are not going to go into the promised land you can read the and the lord said i have pardoned according to thy word but as truly as i live all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the lord because all those people which have seen my glory and my miracles which i did in egypt and in the wilderness have tempted me now these 10 times and have not hearkened to my voice Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Okay, so, you know, the Lord was not going to kill them, but he said none of these people, basically he said 20 years and up, they will not enter into the promised land and they're going to be walking around in the wilderness but Caleb had a different spirit that means his mind was not walking after sight but was walking after faith and uh, you know in the promises of of God in the New Testament Simon uh, Jesus when he died on the cross and when his body was broken on the whipping post according to the Bible he had supplied everything that we need for life and for godliness and so that is for us, that is the spiritual promised land. And he has put that in, in a recreated spirit. So we have it with us wherever we go. And that's why Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. It is within us. But in order to tap into it, we need to access it by faith. In Romans 5 verse 2, it says uh, we have this grace that's supplied by Jesus, but we have to access it through faith. And so if we don't have the faith, then we won't be able to access everything that Christ has for us. You know, people are still begging and asking God, oh God, please do for me this, please do for me that. But then don't believe that the Bible says that we are already blessed with all spiritual blessings. And so God has supplied everything that we need, but if we don't have faith, then we can't access that grace. And these uh, Jews, they were so close. 
it was their land god had promised all they have to do is just walk into the land and god would have taken care of the giants but they didn't because one belief the bible says they did not enter into that beautiful rest physical rest that god had supplied for them but of course Caleb have to go with the congregation till all of those congregation died in the wilderness that were 20 and up and the, and the second generation Caleb and Joshua took them into the promised land so even though God could have let Caleb and Joshua go in but there was no need because the people were still going to be in the wilderness and so of course Caleb and Joshua but the Bible says after 40 years Caleb and Joshua had the same spirit they were like let's go and conquer these guys and of course you know they did. So, you know, Caleb had a different spirit compared to all of the other spies. Now, if you were to read the last verse here, Simon. Say unto them, As truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in mine ears, so I will do to you. Okay, so here God is going by the words that the Israelites spoke. What did they speak? We read in the, you know, the beginning verses, in verse 2, it is better for us to go to Egypt or it is better for us to die in the wilderness. So God is saying, according to what you spoke, it is going to be to you. For every day that they went spying, it's, go it's going to be one year. So 40 days of, you know, spying, you know, the promised land. And when they came back, God gave them 40 years to walk around in the wilderness. Now we know that he still supplied for them. You know, he still took care of them, but they could not enter into the promised land. Same thing now, Simon, you know, God still allows us, he will still supply and take care of us. But there is a place called the promised land of the spirit that God has already given us in the spirit where we can move in and we can experience peace, love, joy all through the day. We don't have to be defeated by the circumstances that the world is putting up, you know, up against us. And and basically what it is, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. And, you know, by God's grace, Caleb was able to, you know, bring in the good news. But by now, the evil report had already caused the Jews to fear and get into unbelief. International edition of Nightlight, shining God's love light to the world. And you're with an international edition of Nightlight. With us in the studio once again is Melvin and giving us a great class on a good or evil report. 
We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. Okay, so Simon, uh, I want to just define evil report and good report one more time. A good report is a report that lines up with the promise of God and that believes the promises of God in spite of the circumstances, in spite of what we see with our, you know, our senses or feel with our, uh, with our mind and our emotions. But it is something that is based on the promise of God. You take the promise of God and you just believe it for what it is in spite of what you know the circumstances is but an evil report it can be a good report in the sense it's a report of the of the world it's a truthful report so you know you go to a doctor and you get a report and that is true okay you have some form of sickness and that according to the natural world that is a that is supposed to be a report <laughs> truthful report but when you look at God's word, God's word says something different. Then, you know, we need to believe that report more than what we see, whether our bank account is going low or, you know, something is happening in a place we work. If we go by the circumstances, then we will always speak an evil report. And that means a report that is not lined up with the promise of God. Now, it is not, again, uh, same as a bad report. A bad report is when you see somebody you know, killed or someone got murdered and you talk about it. Now, that's a bad report in the sense it was not something good. It wasn't something that was lovely. So bad report is not the same as an evil report, according to the Bible. An evil report is someone who's walking by sight and speaking what you see by sight more than what faith is telling you to speak. So that's the difference. Now, of course, we have this example of the Jews uh, from Numbers 13 and 14. But if you look at another person called David, now I'm not going to get into scriptures because we all know the story. And so David, he was a teenager when this whole thing happened, teenager or maybe an end person. And so he was uh, taking care of his father's sheep. That was his job. He took care of his father's sheep. And one day he was taking, you know, I, I think food for the brothers who were with King Saul. And so when he went there, uh, he saw all the soldiers and even his brothers, they were all hiding, you know, behind the walls. So David was surprised. He said, hey, what's happening? Why are you guys hiding behind the walls? And so they said, oh, you, you know, you, should, you see this man there, the Philistine. He's a giant. He's, you know, his name is Goliath, and he's been challenging us every day for some someone from our camp to go and fight him. And we can't because he's so strong and he's so huge, and of course he's a giant. And so David was surprised. He said, you know, he's a Philistine. You know, he's uncircumcised. He's not under the covenant that we have. We have a covenant from God. Mm -hmm. This guy doesn't have a covenant. So we are under the covenant. Why don't we go and take care of this person? Mm -hmm. And so then he said, okay, so if somebody kills Goliath, what does he get? And of course they said, oh, you know, the king is going to give wealth. And of course you can marry the daughter of the king. And uh, as a teenager, you know, he might have said, oh, how does the daughter look? But that's not in the Bible, but I'm just adding that to it. And so David was all excited. So he said, oh, please take me to the king. And so they took him to the king and King Saul now was anointed by the Holy Spirit. You understand? But he was still hiding. He should have been the one out there fighting this Goliath, but he's still hiding out of fear because they saw with their sight and they heard the voice of Goliath and fear came into them just like those Jews did just before they entered the promised land. It's, it's almost similar. But when David was brought to the to King Saul, King Saul looked at him and said, oh, you really want to, you know, how can you go and fight this guy? You're, you know, you're still a, still a boy, but... David spoke something so astounding. He said, wait a minute, the same God that was with me when I killed the lion and the same God that was with me when I killed the bear, the same God is going to be with me when I kill this, this Goliath. Mm -hmm. See, David was going back and remembering what God did for him. And that was faith. He was talking about, hey, look, I, I couldn't kill the lion. God helped me to kill it. I couldn't kill the bear and God helped me to kill it. And this guy is nothing because the same God is going to be with me. So the difference between those Jews and David, Simon, is that they forgot what God did to deliver them from, from Egypt. And they saw by sight and fear came into them. And that fear was passed on to the millions of Jews. 
See, fear is contagious just like faith is contagious. I mean, when you speak faith, people get uplifted. And so this person, David, he remembered everything that God had did and how God had been with them. And that's, you know, sad to say, Simon, many a times we forget how God had done things for us, you know. He delivered us, he gave us finances, he healed us, you know. He helped our marriage to survive, he helped our children to grow, to go to wherever they need to go. All the protection that God had given us, we forget. And so when we face something, instead of going by what God already has done and what he has promised for the future, we get into unbelief and we get into fear. And once you get fear, then your mouth is going to start uh, talking fear and that can contaminate or can you know discourage so many people that were still in hope and so uh, Saul said okay uh, yeah take my sword and take my armor and David said look I haven't tried it so I'm not going to go to fight with something that I have not tried it and so he refused to take the armor on and all he took was a sling and five stones and it's amazing you, you can see when he walked out into the battleground and he saw Goliath and of course Goliath is like why are you sending me a puppy you know to fight me <laughs> because that's all you have and David said look today my God is going to give you into my hands today you're going to die and I'm going to cut off your head now I mean it's funny because he doesn't even have a sword all he has is a sling and you know five stones but he's already speaking faith of what he's going to do and how God is going to give Goliath mm -hmm. to him. And Goliath never heard anything from anybody like that. <laughs> you understand? Here this mm -hmm. little guy is coming up and he's speaking words, you know, way in advance before it even happened. See, that's what faith is. I mean, faith is that you know the end result from the beginning. Mm -hmm. See, now those Jews, they, they didn't believe in the end result. You know, they just looked at the circumstance and said, no, we're going to fail. But David is saying, I'm going to cut off your head. And none of these things have happened yet. Mm. As far as your carnal mind is concerned, Goliath is going to crush David mm. with his bare hands. <laughs> but here, David is speaking faith. He's speaking a good report. He's speaking according to what God had done for him. And of course, you know, uh, he uses a sling and Goliath falls down and he goes and he takes the sword of Goliath and cuts off his head. And, you know, we know the end of the story. And, you know, that from then on, people started, you know, respecting David for, for who he is. Mm. But the, the amazing thing here, uh, Simon, is that faith does not see the obstacles. Faith rests in the promise of God in spite of the obstacles. Mm. You know, now, David did not have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit living inside of him. All he had was an experience and belief in what his God had done. But for us as new, you know, born-again Christians and Christians in the New Testament, Jesus already paid for all of those things. And now the greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Like Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. See, we have more promises to go by than David had. See, he only had a couple of experiences, but here we have experiences, we have the Word of God that gives us the promises, and through those promises we can become partakers of His divine nature. And so we are without excuse. Like, there is no reason why we can't live a victorious life. There's no reason why we should be fearing and worrying about everything that's coming our way. Now, even if we want to speak an evil report, I suggest don't say it. You know, King David said that God, you know, keep a guard over my mouth. So even though we feel fear, even though we feel like we are in unbelief, don't say it. Don't let it come out of your mouth. Don't go running to people and, you know, and throw out all your fears and worries and, you know, how God is not doing this. I prayed for that. God didn't, you know, he didn't come through. All of those are evil report. And when that happens, you're going to walk in the wilderness instead of, you know, experiencing that promises that God has already given us, you know. And so we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So if you look at those two examples from, you know, David, he was just a teenager, nobody. He was alone. But all these guys, they experienced more miracles than David did coming out of Egypt. But 
There were so many of them, but w- the 10 people that brought in an evil report completely unrenewed the mind of these people. And from hope, they went to fear. And from fear, they went into the wilderness of unbelief. You know, by God's grace, I hope that we can live in the promised land on a daily basis instead of trying to wander in the wilderness of our life. You come to me with sword and with spear, a curse in your mouth. But I'll stand on my rock and with faith in my voice, you know I'll shout. Okay, so Simon, we're going to go and uh, look at two other examples, you know, that goes along this line, you know, how a good report or how we speak faith has is so important in our life. A lot of times we don't take, you know, the time to think about what we are saying, because if we don't, then, you know, evil report is bound to come out. Mm-hmm. So let's go to Luke chapter 1. And there is two examples of something similar to what I've been teaching. And here we know, you know, Zacharias, he was a priest. I think he was a high priest in the temple. He and his wife, Elizabeth, they've been praying to have a child for a long time. And now they've entered into the, you know, in an older age. Mm-hmm. And so he was burning incense in the in the temple. And of course, the angel appeared to him. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. And the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. Okay, so here, after, you know, Zechariah has been praying for, for a long time, an angel in person appears to him in the temple, and he says, God has answered your prayers. And now he's going to grant you your wish, which is to have a child. And so he says that, okay, you, your wife is going to conceive and you're going to have a son. And that son's name is going to be John. So here the angel is not just coming to say your, your prayers are answered. He's giving Zacharias uh, details of how the promise is going to be fulfilled. And he's saying, okay, you're also going to call your son, uh, you know, John. Uh, and he's going to bring, you know, joy and gladness to many people. So here's some glad tidings, a good report that an angel is bringing personally to Zacharias. And so we thought that Zacharias would be happy and excited and, you know, just to believe. But that's not exactly what happened. If you read. Uh, and Zacharias said unto the angel, 
Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, my wife is well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. The angel was saying like, Zacharias, do you know who I am? I am angel Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God. And he sent me here to give you glad tidings and tell you that you are going to have, you know, and your wife, you're going to have a son and all of these things, but you don't believe. Because what Zechariah was saying was like, oh, how can this be? wasn't like, okay, tell me how this is going to happen. But he was in doubt and he was looking at his body and saying, hey, look at my body and look at my wife's body. We are fast bearing children. Then why pray? Why do you pray if you don't believe? But here, you know, so the, he's looking at sight again. Mm. He's not walking by faith. You know, he's not saying, okay, if God said it, yes, I believe it. I'm going to go run to my wife and we're going to talk about this and we're going to be so glad. But he's, he's actually feeling a bit discouraged, like, oh, how can that be? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if an angel comes to you and says, you're going to have a son? I mean, you better believe that. <laughs> you know? But he didn't. And see what happened to him. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Uh huh. So here's a very important verse, Simon. Now, why did the angel strike Zacharias dumb and not blind? You know, there's a reason, because he could have made him blind, you know, till John was born, but he struck him d- dumb. Because I believe that God did not want Zacharias to go home and tell his wife, oh yeah, you know, an angel came and he said, we're going to have a son, but look at us, look at you. You understand? How do you think we're going to produce a son? It, you know, our bodies are not working. And so God shut him up. So those words wouldn't come out of his mouth, you know, because if his words came out, then probably God had to find somebody else. Because see, God goes by our word. Remember we read that in uh, you know Numbers 14. God said, according to what you have spoken in my ears, let it be. And so Zacharias, you know, he was dumb till, you know, when uh, finally John was, you know, was born and the ceremony was going on. Then he spoke up and then his mouth was set free. But the thing is, Simon, we don't need an angel to come and tell us, okay, this is, God had promised this because the New Testament is full of promises. For me, I don't need an angel. When I read a promise, I believe this is God's word speaking to me. And this promise, God is going to fulfill my life. All I have to do is believe and not speak contrary to what God's word says. See, Zechariah was, you know, <laughs> if he can say that to the angel, he can say that to all his friends and his wife. So God kind of shut him up. And, you know, another interesting thing, Simon, is that Zechariah has an example to look back to. Like Abraham and Sarah, you know, Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90 when, you know, they had a son. And so he is a chief priest. I mean, he's a priest that, you know, if you're a priest, you teach people. All of the old, you know, things that happened, that's how people passed on, you know, word to word. And so he's been teaching that. And he knows Abraham was, you know, old, but, you know, and Sarah got pregnant and now Isaac was born. When Gabriel spoke to him, all he has to say is, yes, I know. You know, God did that for Abraham. God is going to do that for me. And I believe you. Things would have been been good. But it didn't. Shining Love's Light. You're listening to Nightlight. And so, Simon, we are going back to the, uh, the book of Luke, chapter 1. And we are going to verse uh, 28. And here, of course, you know, we all know the story of uh, Mary you know, how she was uh, engaged to Joseph. But during that time, uh, angel Gabriel appeared onto, onto Mary. And so in verse 28, it says, And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. So here Mary was surprised that, you know, Mary was, you know, a nobody. Like not many people, you know, kind of knew her. She was just a simple, you know, end person. And uh, Gabriel comes to her and says, Thou art highly favored amongst women, and thou art blessed, uh, you know, among women. And for her, as an end person, she didn't understand how that could be. Like, what are you saying? And so 
the angel goes on to help her understand says fear thou not because you know you have been found favor with god and you shall conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name jesus now this is very surprising for mary because if you look at from the time before mary in history nobody has ever conceived without being with a man so for her this was like you know what what are you talking about and now in verse 34 Then said Mary unto the angel how shall this be seeing i know not a man the difference between Zacharias and Mary is that Mary is not doubting what the angel said she just wanted a clarification she just wanted an explanation on how that can be because you know no one had ever conceived without being with a man and so the angel answered and said unto her the holy ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the son of god so the angel gave mary an explanation he didn't have to say okay look i'm gabriel i'm standing in the presence of god uh you know like he he had to do it with zacharias but with mary he was simply explaining okay this is how it's going to be now mary has no clue how that's going to come to pass but she believed and he also said that your you know your cousin elizabeth has also conceived and you know she's 6 months uh, six, uh, six months old and then the angel said for with god nothing shall be impossible you know after that you know the angel left because uh, in verse uh, 38 it says and mary said behold the handmaid of the lord be it unto me according to thy word and the angel departed from her now this is amazing because mary has no idea you know how she's going to conceive but she is saying let it be to me according to thy word and the bible says angel departed the angel did not have to say, you know stick around and say anything more because angel knew that she believed she she said those words she spoke those words of faith she said that let it be to me according to thy word and now the angel was happy the angel left Now see the see the difference between Zacharias and Mary. Now Mary was, you know, she didn't have so much spiritual experience. She didn't, you know, she wasn't a priest. She didn't, you know, uh read the word as much as maybe Zacharias was reading. But here she just simply believed the good report that the angel had given to her. Even though the circumstances all seems contrary and it's impossible, she spoke those words of faith. and see that is what you know i'm trying to bring across in this class is that speak the good report what did what is the good report that mary gave she said that according to your word let it be unto me see that is what you know as as born again christians we should be able to say it's like okay god according to your word let it be unto me because see that is how faith speaks but doubt speaks like zechariah said oh how can it be you know, i'm old my wife is old all of that stuff but faith speaks in this manner and that manner is that according to the word of god let it be unto me uh look at verse uh, 39 and mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of juda and entered into the house of zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. Now it's very interesting to see that Mary, you know, is not going to her mom or a cousin, I mean her auntie or somebody else because if she went and she had given the good news, they wouldn't believe. They would say something like, "Oh, no, maybe you and Joseph had something, you know, to do with this." But she went to the one person that she knew that the angel had said that was Elizabeth, she had also conceived. So Mary knew that it was a miracle. and so she went to the one person that would understand and would believe her so she went to uh, meet elizabeth and of course you know elizabeth was you know saluting her and the you know the baby in her womb jumped with joy but i'm going to skip all of that and we're going to go to verse 45 which says and blessed is she that believed for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the lord so it's amazing see that the word is going back to blessed is she that believed See that is where the blessings come from from faith and from believing because the bible says it's impossible to please god without faith 
And so faith is the key thing for us as New Testament Christians is to be believe what God's word says and God's report. So it says that because she believed, there will be a performance of those things that were told her from the Lord. See, sometimes the performance is coming in the future, but we have to believe now that we have already received. And once you believe that performance or the blessing will manifest on its own. And see what Mary declares. Mary says, my soul doth magnify the Lord, that is verse 46, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the low estate of the handmaiden, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Little, I mean, this young girl, she is going forth and declaring things that are, are to come, like as if it is already come. She's saying that, you know, for, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Man, this is like, it's amazing. Like she's not doubting. I mean, most women know that, you know, once they get, once they conceive, usually it takes a month or month and a half before they could know that they're actually have conceived. Or, you know, today we have pregnancy tests, but in Mary's case, it wasn't there. But she just took the word of God, what the angel said, and she, she believed she conceived. And she's saying from generations to come, people are call, going to call me blessed. See, that is our good report speaks. But an evil report is always going to go according to the circumstances and say, oh, I don't feel anything. I don't think I have a baby. I, I don't think I'm conceived. No, she's speaking faith. She's magnifying God. She's I mean, God, blessing God and, you know, declaring that all generations will call her blessed. I mean, this is, you know, this is amazing. Like we have two examples, one, you know, of two young people, David and Mary, speaking faith in spite of all obstacles and declaring what is going to come to pass just by faith. And then we have these millions of Jews and then we have Zacharias, you know, who already know the word and knows a lot about how the, how God had brought the Jewish generation from, you know, from one place to another through miracles and miracles. But, and they don't believe because they're walking by sight and not by faith. But when it comes to Mary, she was walking by faith. David was walking by faith. They just believed that whatever God's word said, let it be unto me. I believe with all of my heart. Once we start believing that and speaking a good report, all of these blessings that God has already blessed us with, which is in the spiritual realm, will start manifesting on a regular basis into our physical realm or into our daily life. So I just want to end right here and say that, you know, my life has changed so much, you know, once I started speaking the good report more than an evil report. I'm not perfect. I'm still learning. I'm growing. But I can see more of God's blessing manifest in my life because I'm going, you know, lining up my words and my thoughts according to the word of God. So God bless you. And Simon, thank you so much for having me on the show again. And uh, I hope I'll be able to record a couple more classes before I go. God bless. You're right. It's Nightlight. And yes, indeed, stay tuned for more classes and testimonies from Melvin and our other visiting Bible teachers on soon coming nightlight shows. That's it for now. The songs that complemented the teaching on today's show are from the Bible album by Les Enfants de Dieu, now over 40 years old, but the songs have sure stood the test of time. We'll go out from one more song from there, and I look forward to being back with you next time for another nightlight show. God bless you. Bye-bye.